We've had different weeks, all of us, different burdens, different wonderful things. So how do we come together on a morning like this? It's Scripture. And the Scripture we're currently using to unite our hearts to prayer is Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. Therefore, since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. We're all running the race. Uh, And this week the race has been challenging. Maybe by God's grace it's been easy. We all have our own experiences. But the need for all of us in the midst of the race is the same looking to Jesus. He's the one who provides the grace that we need to get through the race, the Christian life, living for his glory in all things. And so we come together this morning with the same need, Jesus. And so we turn our eyes to him. We're using Theodore Menard's little pamphlet, little entitled Looking Unto Jesus to to glean some helps from him as we look unto Jesus. We can talk about that. We have talked about that for years and years and years and never really think through what does it mean to look unto Jesus. And Manad has given us various aspects and elements of deeper consideration uh, for us to meditate upon. And this morning we've been making our way through looking unto Jesus, certain wonders of his person and work, but also looking off of anything that's not Christ. And he's given us some Wonderful helps us there. Let's, as we prepare our hearts for prayer this morning, consider just another aspect he gives us of looking unto Jesus. I'm looking on page three in the little pamphlet. He says, looking unto Jesus, in what way? Who gives us repentance, as well as forgiveness of sins. Because, it's probably not lost on any of us that he gives us repentance and forgiveness of sins, but this is what sometimes is lacking, because he gives us the grace to recognize, to deplore, to hate, to confess, and to forsake our transgressions. We look to Jesus. He's the one who gives repentance. He's the one who gives forgiveness of sins through his person and through his work upon the cross and his resurrection. But also, he's the one who gives us the grace to recognize, to hate sin, to confess sin, and to forsake our transgressions. What does that mean? Without Jesus doing that, we would never repent. We would never repent if it were not for Jesus, by grace, opening our eyes. Looking unto Jesus, we're not just doing it because Manad tells us. Where did he get that? It's exactly what Paul, the Apostle Paul tells us in Ephesians chapter 2, a passage you and I know very well. Let me read just a few verses of Ephesians chapter 2 here. So you can see God in Christ doing the very thing that Manad says, Oh, treasure what Christ does for us. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. What does he say there? He says, we were deplorable. We were depraved. We were in darkness, in spiritual death, No awareness of God, no interest in God, no care for God. Someone could have come and proclaimed 
the glory of God, the holiness of God, the, the power of the cross, and we, by nature, as children of wrath, rejected it. Every time. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, you'll spend all of eternity trying to figure that out, but God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, while what? Go back to those first few verses. We hated him. We had no interest in him. You can tell me all about his love, his mercy, his grace, his cross. I have no interest in him whatsoever. Get out of here with all that stuff. But he, who is rich in mercy, has loved us even when we were dead in our trespasses. He, listen to this, this is what made us alive. He made us alive. Together with Christ, by grace you have been saved. And raised up with Him and seated us with Him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages He might show the immeasurable riches of His grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace... You have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. You didn't do it. That, that time when you were born again and professed, repented of your sins and professed faith in Jesus, you didn't instigate that. I didn't instigate that. I was, verses 1 through 3, dead in darkness, hating God. This is not your own doing. It's the gift of God. Not a result of works. So none of us can boast. And this morning, what was true of our initial conversion is true every moment of every day of our lives. Our hope is not in anything we do. It's not in our religion. It's in Christ. He who began the good work in you he will complete it in you. He gets all the glory. Along these very same lines, if you fast forward a little bit into the book, and I'm kind of skipping along, but because it fits this morning, look off of the interests of our cause, of our party, of our church. What he means by that is, look off, don't be driven by what something can do for you, what it can do for the church, what it can do for those things that matter to you, but rather the single object of our life is the glory of God. We seek the Lord in prayer, not primarily for the benefit it brings to us, though it certainly does. Our great aim is the glory of God. Manad says, if we do not make this the supreme goal of our efforts, we deprive ourselves of his help. That sounds cold and callous, doesn't it? If, if we don't make God's glory our driving force, we deprive ourselves of our help. That's kind of selfish of him, isn't it? Except for what? There's nothing of greater value than him. And he knows that. His glory he doesn't share with another. You rob him of his glory, which is the definition of sin, eternal separation from him. 
He is driven by His glory. And for those who are true believers, who have received the new birth, it's His glory that's most important to us. His grace is only at the service of His glory.